Welcome back, everyone, to Off the Grid. I'm your host, Kaylee. Of course, we're going to be talking about the Australian Grand Prix. Take it away, Taylor. What are some of our thoughts on it? Well, there's, well, um, let's just start off with the negatives. My bold predictions for the weekend, absolutely none of them happened. No, no, Latifi finished. He finished a race. That was one. That was your bold prediction. Mine were that both Haases would finish in P- in the top ten. Vettel would finish in the top ten, and Bottas would finish in the top ten. You know. So, so what were mine? Mine was uh, Latifi actually finished. Latifi the race, would finish, which he did. He did. I'll give him credit. He did. He did. Um, I think I said that Mick would get points. He didn't get any points, guys, unfortunately. But um, Very sad. I forgot what the third one was. I think it was like Alex gets points. But she did. If, Very if that was, could have been. We should write down our predictions next we time. We really do. <laughs> <laughs> We're a mess. What podcast is this? A shit one, actually, <laughs> apparently. Poorly managed. Clearly, we are not prepared, Let's let's dive into the weekend. All right. First of all, pre-race, I don't know what is in the water in Australia, but some of the teams, some of the the comments that were coming out at these driver fan meetings. I mean, Jesus Christ, Lando and Daniel, their bromance is blooming. Charles and Carlos, they they've got a weird bromance blooming too. But also, and then someone had. Carlos someone had the audacity Lando. yes Lando someone had the audacity Charles. to ask oh. Carlos who is the better teammate of the two there's no way he's actually going to answer that question he's like they're both question. amazing he's like exactly. trick question. it's actually Nico Hulkenberg or Max Verstappen <laughs> those were my favorite teammates <sighs> so oh gosh let's talk about the thing that broke the weekend. Carlos Sainz not finishing. No, no, no. This is the king of Formula One himself. Well, the current king, not the king of Formula One. There's plenty of those. But our our reigning four-time world champ. I mean, poor Seb. Sebastian Battle. Seb what came back. A rough weekend. His first came weekend back, back this COVID. season came back from COVID just to have an absolute crappy weekend in Australia. Like, poor, first off, yeah. he starts off, what was it, in, in P1, the car caught on fire? Or did he crash? Yes. The, no, P1, but, they caught on fire. And, and Firefighter Seb came out, and he drove the moped back to the pits. And then he got fined 5,000 euros. Right. Who finds that man 5,000 euros for just minding his own business trying to get back to the, the FIA? Pitch? That the was FIA. stupid. That was stupid. And then he couldn't make it out in time for FP2. There was just no way. Understandable. Understandable. And then um, FP3. The man isn't even, like, he's not even there. He's like, he's out there for only a couple laps. And then absolutely wrecks the car. <laughs> like yeah. poor Seb. But yeah. I think the worst part of it was he goes out into qualifying. Is First of all, barely made it out there. Barely made it. <sighs> got fined because lap. he sped through. Well, he also got fined because he sped through the pit lanes to barely make it by half a second. Well, the Half a is- second. The man has literally only one chance to lay down a decent lap to get a time on the board. He gets it done. Not a good starting position. I think he was like P-17. 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 Yep. Well, there were so many grid penalties at the end of it. You're like, where? who's starting here? I know. I think he ended up starting. So before they moved like Alex and Stroll on the TV, he was P17 and then he got moved up to P16. So we're because, both yeah, because Alex, because they couldn't take a fuel sample from the Williams. 
Truth and be so told, Alex I think that's why it stopped. I think it stopped. I think it was out of gas. Because it was out of gas. Yeah. So Which makes sense you, because, well, so when, when Alex is doing his interview, they, they like ask him like, oh, like, how were you able to do so well? Like, first of all, this man, a god. He's fucking funny. 57 laps on one set of hard tires. He could have finished the race and he would have been hundred percent. He would have been seven instead of 10. Exactly. But you know, the FIA Um, again, ruining it for all of us. He said, he said it, the car was easier and faster, obviously the less and less fuel that he had. And he so had obviously, left. exactly. So obviously in qualifying, like you want to go as fast as possible. So it makes sense that they wouldn't put a lot of fuel in there. And then someone just doesn't know how to watch their fuel levels. Well, we saw this last year. I, it was hungry. Sebastian Vettel, Aston Martin, I don't think they miscalculated by like a lap. And FIA regulation is they have to be able to pull at least uh, one liter of fuel from the car at the end of the race to sample it. So they take samples from every car, obviously, because like right. the fuel, like you can alter the fuel a little bit. Right. Like each has team has, a- like each team has yeah. the opportunity to alter their own fuel, depending on how their yeah. car is engineered. Well, Seb finished second. So he ended up getting his podium taken away because they couldn't even get that sample out of his car last year so like for them (laughs) Alex is just lucky that it happened during qualifying instead of a race and not the race (laughs) but the fact that he did come from p20 and then ended up seventh was basically forced to get a new set of tires and then he finished 10th kind of incredible it's I mean it's no honestly it's no Checo getting from p2 to p1 but you know we'll take it We'll take it. I I will say I was impressed by William's strategy and having Alex stay out there so that he could get those positions. So that way, when he did have to do his pit stop, he still stayed within the points. Honestly, I think William's strategy was for Latifi to just finish the race like they didn't care where he finished he just had to finish and then Alex is definitely the number one driver for Williams like I you guys can fight me if it's different but like if you think otherwise but like he is well like the number one considering considering Alex has finished all three races this season and this was the first race that Latifi finished to be fair though to be fair I've watched I think it happened in qualifying the what did it happen in qualifying? The crash between Latifi and Stroll? They all merge uh-huh. together when you're up no. at 2 a.m. I don't know if it was, it was either it was either P3 or qualify. It was P3 because Stroll didn't get through qual. No, I think it was I don't qualifying. know. It was too early in the morning. I don't know. For me One of those. It was too early yes. in the morning for me to remember. And all the Australians who are listening are probably thinking, you know what? You don't have to deal with that every single race. You're right. I don't, but I'm still going to complain. Like, I'm sorry, but um, no, that was obviously not a good weekend for Aston Martin. Mostly zero points, zero points, a bunch of costs going towards their cost. Has hella points coming to his uh, license after this weekend he needs to be careful i i would be surprised if they gave him more than two but i wouldn't be surprised if they only gave he him already one. he already had like eight though it was like seven or eight yeah i can't right, remember so he's he's getting a little close he has to have oh, no 100 uh, this man's he's because uh they were talking about it because you only get 12 before you have to set out a race right but it's like once you set out the race it's fine you just your points restart but um right but like and then you have to wait a year so a a lot of his are gonna are getting ready to be gone but i'd be surprised but you know daddy stroll is paying for everything so i don't think lance really cares although he really should (laughs) 
But yeah. let's now that we've talked about the three, and that actually caused Lance to get a three grid uh, penalty, which was really but, just a one place grid penalty. Because yeah, and the Alex only reason had Alex, to start at the end. Yeah, Alex had to start at the end because his was from the Saudi Arabia race. Although Lance right. even got during the race, they um, the FIA he got a five Lance. second penalty. Yeah, he, he got, got a five second he, penalty. But if you look at the race results online, they didn't actually give it to him because it still says that he's ahead of Mick. Well, you know what? I think it's Which because I, they weren't in the points. Su- yeah, they suck. And they Which, like, the makes sense. But does that mean, since he didn't technically serve his five-second penalty, that it'll be carried over? This is the FIA. We're I don't know. How, I don't know. You're right. You're this right. This is the <laughs> FIA. I mean, it's no, Michael Messi's not at the helm of it anymore, but, like, I would not be surprised if they made some weird call. Because that is what the FIA is there to do. Well, I mean, you they're think they're going to go regulation, and then they're like, no. And we're like, well, oh. they're out here worried about fireproof underpants, no you jewelry. Know, I think it was Pierre that said that he said something, and he was like, you know, they could check if they want. Like, and he he said he used a little bit more colorful language, and I was like, oh my god, Pierre. Although it was funny because in an interview. Um, I think it was the the team interviews in the beginning, you know, um, they, the drivers all sat down for their media and they asked about the jewelry thing. And uh, Max was like, oh, I don't wear jewelry because it's just going to make me heavier. And Lewis Hamilton was like, oh, come on, man. We know about your nipple piercing. And he goes, oh, <laughs> shit, you want to see it again? I was like, oh, my God, these guys, they're funny. They're just a bunch of, they're a bunch of jokesters. But I I think it's great that they can joke around about stuff like that they're joking while they're about fighting it now. each other. They're right. joking about it now. Last year they wouldn't have joked about it, you know. Although let's be let's let's get deep into this now. Lewis Hamilton is going to have to pull some miracle to get back in the like George to, Russell is currently second. Do George we think? Russell. Do we think that was a, a Mercedes a Toto call? to let George have P3 because Lewis was right there behind him. Lewis wasn't too far behind George. I would say, and if it were like last season, I would have said yes. But I'm thinking that this season they realized how crap their car is. And they're just like, just and they get just on the want- podium. They just don't care anymore who's on the podium. They just want to get on the podium. Although they are the best out of the constructors for the Australian Grand Prix because Ferrari only had one car finish and Red Bull only had one car finish. It doesn't matter that they were on the podium ahead of Mercedes. Mercedes had both right. cars finish. So right. Which is very unfortunate. Unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Really didn't change anything for either team. It changed no. nothing for anyone. Um, because it changed a little bit for Charles, though. Okay, with the Max man- not finishing. Yeah, now George Russell is second. So And Charles is about 50 points ahead of him. Context. You've got 37 points with George Russell. And then you've got the man who basically told Ferrari, I'm going for it. I'm going. For, we got to go for the fastest lap. And they were like, we've already got he the already had- lap. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're going for it. And thank God he they let him do it at the end, though, because... Alonso was set to finish fastest. No, Checo. No, Alonso was. Alonso was half a second, like half a second from the previous time that Charles had set. Um, but he ended up now he's got 71 points. It would have just been 70, but he made sure that he got 71. <laughs> so Charles, man. He he knows what he wants. He knows what he wants. That's all I can say. But I got this really cool app. Hate to cut in. So random. I hate to cut in. But uh, I got this cool app. It's like, what is it? It's like Formify. So it's a Formula One app. And you know how like the new Apple update has like the widgets or whatever? 
it, yes it's formula one widget so i've got like it tells me the countdown and it's giving me the schedule for emila this is not a sponsored video by the way i found this on my own <laughs> and then it tells me like who the can who the leading constructor is like who is leading the it shows me the top 10 drivers and then it like shows me the constructors and yes i paid extra to get some of them of course you did <laughs> Well, you know, got to keep the podcast fresh. So <laughs> if the creators of Formify want to sponsor this video, please. But um, anyway, back to the scheduled program. Um, Daniel Ricardo back in Australia. Goddamn. I am so happy that one, he was able to finish because we all know how Saudi Arabia went. Um Horrid. Very bad. So not only was he able to actually finish, he finished in the points in his home race. So I think that was amazing. I do feel a little sad because towards the end of the race, Lando started having some problems. So he was slowing down and they, the team didn't have Daniel go around him to have Daniel in fifth and Lando in sixth. They probably should have done that regardless if Lando was having problems, but you know. Right. We get it. But, we get like, it. Looking back, a lot of people were saying like, oh, they were probably just so happy to have a car, the car's fifth and sixth. They didn't want to have the possibility of something happening. Like Monza and all over again. B- exactly. <laughs> so uh, I will say I'm extremely happy that McLaren did good this race. I'm hoping so, it's a little pick me up for them. A little statistic about the Australian Grand Prix this year. So obviously they hadn't raced there since 2019. So because of them missing the past couple of years, the Australians must have really been feeling it because 419,000 of them showed up to this Grand Prix, making it the number one sporting event in Australian sports history. So they all came. You're joking. They all came to support Danny Rick. Okay, and then Danny Rick puts his best qualifying since 2015. And then he finishes sixth, finally gets this is his first points of the season, I might add. Yeah, he's season. I'm so happy he is no longer down with the other drivers who have zero points. Let me tell you. Double points for McLaren because obviously a lot of the Australian fans, I'm not trying to hate on them or anything because like obviously they're going to migrate with Danny Rick because that's their man. That's their Aussie right there. So they are obviously right now cheering for McLaren, cheering for him. So to have McLaren finish, you know, two both cars in the points, beautiful. As a McLaren fan, I loved it. As a Haas fan, I didn't like where they finished, but I'll take it because they already did better than last season. Well, and you could also constitute some of Haas's problems with one, Mick has never raced at Australia before. So this was his first to time be racing. Fair, so he a lot of them had Yuki Tsunoda hadn't. So really But they also didn't come off of uh brutal crash in Saudi Arabia that is so this is his first weekend back in a car after that because he did it I feel like if he had maybe done the actual race in Saudi Arabia he would have been a little bit more comfortable but you maybe he just was getting used to being back in the car after a pretty big crash and well, on a track that you don't know, after you have Verstappen, Signs, Checo, Botas, all locking up on corners because they well, don't know, they're trying to so, get a feel for the track. You don't want to wreck your car again. Even the drivers that had raced there, they hadn't been there in two years. Like, because Australia was, they were locked down tight with all the COVID protocols and everything. So, right, like, they couldn't even really go there and, like, look at the track if they wanted to. Like, they had to do all of yeah. this on the simulator. They had to do a lot of sim work just to be able to be prepared for this race. So, for them to come out and for a lot of them to actually do really well, 
I mean, to be fair though, Ferrari just manufactured, like they just engineered a beautifully done oh, car. Yeah. So like- What was the gap I, from uh, Leclerc to Chaka? Uh, it was 19 seconds and some odd milliseconds or hundredths of a second. It was, it was like 19 seconds. Like how? How how is how is it that obviously like it's because Max Verstappen went out on twenty or thirty nine? <laughs> that's why. That's how. Although towards the end of the race, I did feel kind of bad for Checo because he had a, like a George experience. Like George in Saudi was kind of like alone, <laughs> and then Checo's out there all alone. And it's because Verstappen fucking went out. So he was like, Verstappen was in front of him. But even... And then he just watched him disappear. Even before, Verstappen still wasn't right up there with Leclerc. Obviously, towards the end, he was having those powertrain issues. But the only times they were really... Well, the only reason those two... The only times those two were ever really next to each other were during the safety car restarts speaking of safety car there were so many there were oh, like three there were three and I three. was like I was like okay okay first of all one started really early in the race which do I feel bad for Carlos a little bit but do I really care like I'm happy that he was fine watching it now yes. definitely he corrected it and the way that he had to correct his mistake was to go off the track a little bit. Right. And when he hit that grass, no grip. The grip was gone. And then he just yeah. kind of went out and he almost took out Guan Yu Zhou, which could have been bad. Instead, he just had a couple minor things that Ferrari probably had to pay to get fixed. But it could have been a couple uh, thousand, maybe even a million dollars worth of damage. So Ferrari fans should be thankful because everyone this season i think yeah. is like all the teams are like i don't want to like we can't crash like normal season like other seasons you'd be like okay one or two crashes is fine is fine but like latifi he is racking up the bill for williams stroll and vettel unfortunately this weekend they had a big bill like i if i yeah. would like to see how much it cost aston martin with all the damages from this weekend because you yeah. had Seb crash in the race. They went through front wings like it, they were nothing. I'm shocked they brought yeah, so Seb cra- wings. So not only did Seb crash twice this weekend, his car was also on fire. Yeah. And then so that was three times that they had to rebuild. Right. You had Lance swerve into Latifi, which was like which that was 100 percent Lance's fault. Literally. Like battle of the Canadians, which Canadian will come out on top. I think it just goes to show the amount of people that were like being like, what the hell was Stroll doing? Like, I feel like a lot of people prefer, like if you have to have a Canadian driver on the grid, I think people would choose Latifi over Stroll because we're lesser of the two evils. Like Stroll's dad bought an F1 team and has guaranteed, like literally, if you look at the contracts, like when each contract will be up, like Lance has nothing. He does not have an end to the contract. And a lot, there are quite a few drivers that contracts are going to be up. There's a couple asterisks by a few that you just know are probably going to get extensions like Carlos signs. Right. He's probably going to get one. So like you have the ones that are up next year, they're either up next year or this year for a majority of them. Because, like, Vettel um, is up this year, which makes me think if if this year goes as bad as I feel like he could retire, I just don't see a point in him staying. Like, I love Seth. I I can't imagine F1 without him, but I feel like he's just going to be like, why am I racing for this billionaire asshole that is Lawrence Stroll when I could be at home with my kids and my wife and be happy trying to save the world? Because that's literally, Seb's a superhero. Like, that's legit what he's doing. Like, he's building bee houses, cleaning up Silverstone. What can't he do? Well, I like, think if if a different team were to come up to him and be like, hey, we have a seat opening up. We don't really have eyes on anyone. Can you, can you be with us for the next two years? Uh, 
even I though just, you want to retire. I don't see a team that has a seat opening up. I don't see a team that has a seat opening up. That's the one big thing. Yeah. Because Fernando even said he'll be in the sport for a couple of years still. Because I and then I don't know, I think Esteban still has a year on his contract. Mercedes is trying to get um their one of their academy drivers, um, Nick DeVries, he, they're trying to get him in still. And then now yeah. you've got you've got Oscar Piastri trying to get in, and then you've got um Pietro Fittipaldi that could have been in this year, but then they decided to go with uh, Magnuson. And then you've got Antonio Giovinazzi apparently being thrown in the ring as well, still trying to get his seat back in Formula One. So you're kind of questioning, I will like, say, who whose seat's going to be opening up where all these guys yeah. are going to be like, let me, let me get a shot. I will say, I think Haas choosing Kevin over Pietro was a good decision on their part one to save money crash wise because all these like Australia new track design kind of and stuff like that and you're getting the Miami Grand Prix which is a new track and stuff like that it's a little bit better it makes more sense to have a veteran driver who one knows your car because he had been driving in it the past five years before he had to take his year off because Haas dropped him. But in the risk versus reward, it seemed like the better choice to choose Kevin over Pietro. Yeah. But I will say if this weekend, let's talk about the highs of this weekend. Like who walked away with, Probably one of the best weekends. Obviously, Ferrari. Ferrari and Charlotte walked away with a beautiful, beautiful run. Now, let me tell you something about this race for Charles. It was his first F1 Grand Slam. Do you know what that is? You're going to have to elaborate for me. Just take a guess at what you think it is. Do you not know? I'll tell you. I, I think it has something to do with his four wins. So it's, it does have four components. So one, okay. to take pole position. So he had pole this race. Two, okay. post the fastest lap in the race, which he did, and then yeah. win the race. But that fourth one is the key element because a lot of drivers have done those first three. But what makes the driver have a grand slam is that they lead every lap from start to finish, which which means that even when they go into the pits, a car never gets in front of them. So Max Verstappen had one last year at the the Austrian Grand Prix, I believe it was. It was either the Austrian one or the the steering Grand Prix, whichever one that was. They were both at the Red Bull ring. So it (laughs) happened in one of those races. Um, and then Lewis Hamilton, I think has like five, uh, Michael Schumacher has six. Um, and then I think like Ayrton Senna has the most, and I don't remember what his was, but this is Charles first. And this is the first one for Ferrari since like 2007 with Alonzo. Oh my gosh. Or something crazy like that. Like, or no, it was 2010 with Alonzo, which I thought was just nuts. Because, like, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. But um, Charles is just killing it. But I think let's let's take a look at the statistics here. Oh, because statistics, the statistics are what matter in racing. We all know. Um, So obviously, 71 points. Charles Leclerc is in first. Yeah. Somehow, out of nowhere, curveball. They even George. asked George in a post-race interview. They're like, George, you're really popular. Is it because you're in second in the driver's championship? He's like, somebody told me that, and I didn't believe him. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's second, and he only had – the sad thing is he's only got 37 points. So he's – there's like – what is that, 40, like four points? Well, 
I think my math is horrible. So I think it's like 34 points. And then like, even though Carlos didn't finish the race, he's only four points behind George. I know. All Carlos had to do was finish in like sixth or higher and he would have been above George. He'll get it back. He'll get it back. But then like Sir Lewis Hamilton only has 28 points in fifth. So Checo with 30 points is in fourth now. And Daniel coming up from 19th to 11th. We love that for Daniel. We love it for Daniel because let's Can I be just honest, say, it's been a little rough. I love how K-Mag is still in ninth. I'm the fact that Sebastian Vettel has zero points still because he hasn't finished a race, so they can't even give him a position. He, he's not even 21 in the Drivers' Championship. He is NC. No, not, yeah. no contest. Like, yeah, that is so that. sad. But I, I am happy that, one, Williams got a point this year. This early oh, in the yes. season for them. Like, congratulations to Williams. And, of course, it was Alex Albon bringing in one point. What a rock star. But let's look at the uh, let's look at the teams now. Zero points, Aston Martin. <laughs> before we go any further, there are still technically five drivers who have zero points, but one is Nico Hulkenberg, so we're not going to well, talk about him. There are four drivers who still have zero points. Yeah. Do we think they will score at least one point before the end of the season? Latifi, not a chance. It's, oh, Mi- no. it's Mick Schumacher, Lance Stroll, and Nicholas Latifi, and Seb. I don't know if Nicholas Latifi can do it, but he did it last year. So I'm like, okay, can he do it? Can well, he- clearly the Williams car can. Well, because the car look can, at what Alex but can the did. driver do it? Can the driver do it? That's the question. That, I, I knew Alex was going to be able to score at least one point in that Williams. But Latifi, who knows? I kind of hope that Lance doesn't score anything. Like, I'm not a Lance fan. I'm more of a Lance hater. But only because <laughs> he is like a Taylor. He looks like Taylor Lautner, but like worse. He's a Taylor Lautner wannabe. Yeah, that's what he looks like. He's a Taylor Lautner wannabe. I think... I think my problem with him is that he doesn't have a lot of awareness of what's going on around him. And then Neither whenever something the happens, he, he, he automatically blames the other person. Automatically well, you know, blames the other person. His dad's money can't fix everything. I don't know what to tell him. <laughs> so the Constructors' Championship, though. Aston Martin... Speaking of Lance Stroll, Aston Martin, zero points. Zero Big points. Fat zero. Williams made it on the board with one point. And then you have Alpha Tauri, 10 points. We love Which surprises me because they have Pierre. Yeah. And Pierre was looking so good. In the Alpha Tower, well, and then the he problem. hasn't delivered. When you have engine reliability issues and your car catches on fire the first race, you kind of lose some confidence, okay? And if we've learned one thing through watching Pierre, confidence is key for him. He needs that confidence this to build true. off each other. You know, this each race true. needs to build off each other. And unfortunately for him, he was given a crap car. Sorry, Red Bull, if you're listening. No, but not a crap car, just a crap, crap powertrain. Okay, well, they need to work on that. Because look, Haas is well, in front of them. <laughs> like, I know, I know. But 12 points. They didn't even score a point in this last race. Come on, Alpha Tauri, get your shit together. Then you have Alpha Romeo squeezing in there with 13 Barely, points. by one point. Then you've got Alpine, which we kind of figured Alpine, because they were kind of high last year. So I wasn't really too surprised there. McLaren sitting in fourth. We love to see it, mostly because that's where they finished last year. So if they can finish there again, I won't be disappointed. But they have best of the rest. Best of the rest is fine with me. But um, 
After the way their season started, yeah, best of the rest looks perfect for McLaren. Red Bull with 55 points, Mercedes with 65. I think if Max were to have finished in second and then Checo in third, they probably they would definitely be ahead of Mercedes because Mercedes would have been getting into only single points. But the difference between Mercedes and and Ferrari is like is astronomical. It's literally 104 to 65. And one of the commentators, I think it was one of the commentators, I forgot who said it. They said that this is the highest, um, like the most points led by the driver since like even through last season because like last season it was so close but they were like this is close yeah this is crazy they were like like three races in and there's a bigger gap than the biggest gap that was last year so when Max Verstappen left Silverstone he had a pretty large gap um well and everyone everyone that I've like I should say well, everyone that I've listened to has been like, oh, like once Mercedes and Red Bull get their thing figured out, it can definitely be a three-way so um, fight for the championship. But it's like, look at what Charles has done the first three races. So the best Even thing when Red Bull was on in Saudi Arabia, Charles was still right there. The best thing I saw, it was Christian Horner, everyone's favorite team. Well, one of everyone's favorite team principals to make fun of. Literally, he gets on there and he's like, I'd rather have a fast car with engine problems than try to fix a slow car or try and take a slow car and make it faster. And then George Russell commented on that and said, well, you don't or you have the problem isn't how fast your car is. It's if you can finish the race. I was like, dang, George being being savage over here. Max. Max was literally in second the entire time during that race. It it doesn't. He's George is right though. It doesn't matter how fast right. the car is. It exactly. matters if you cross the line because your points are exactly because during now, the race they're rewarded exactly. After. And right. now now because of Red Bull's problems, it's George not even just snuck like in for a podium. Thing. It's oh yeah, this is the second time. Red Bull's problem isn't even like a one time thing. This is the second time, although I think it was a hydraulic leak this time. I don't know if it was a power train problem fully. I think yeah, it was a hydraulic it did. one. And the only reason it, it did got on sound like something might have just broke. It just because the way that the Formula the One cooling. cars are engineered, like as they go, it cools everything down. So when you aren't going, everything heats up. So right, I, it it just sitting there caused it to catch on fire. But, like, this is the second major problem that they've had. They've only finished one race. Like, Max can we also take one. Can we also take a moment that both times this weekend when drivers' cars caught on fire, the driver, Seb, took the fire extinguisher and put his car out, and Max had and to it- physically show them where his car was on fire and bring them over because they weren't going over to I his think- car. I think with the marshals, though, like you got to give them a little credit or credits due. Like they haven't, you got to you got to give them a break because like they hadn't been there for two years, and so they've been out of practice. And then you got to give them credit for what they do because they got to like run out there and be brave. And then they got to deal yeah. with angry Verstappen yelling, "My car's on fire! Put it out!" But- and then they got to deal That's with that thing. taking it from them and they're like we can't even do our jobs because these drivers are nuts well that's the thing though like as soon as the car stops the driver's getting out so obviously the driver's fine wouldn't your first instinct be to go over to the car to make sure you're not needed as opposed to be waiting to be called over you gotta so the way the formula one is like they're more concerned about the driver you can fix a a car you can't necessarily fix a human as fast as you can fix a car so yeah so I think they're always a little bit more consistent like it's driver first and then car but I think when the drivers are like why aren't you with my car like take care of my car first (sighs) it's kind of like they don't realize because like if they wanted to take care of the car first we could flash back to 2020 with Roman Grosjean 
Like they, if they had to take, if they wanted to take care of the car first, like he probably wouldn't have walked out of that crash. Yeah. There's no way. So like, you got to give credit to the marshals. Like they do when it, when they're needed yeah. their job pretty damn well. And it's not just on like one track in particular, like they, they have done a lot at all the tracks because it's like the local people there that are the marshals. They don't like travel with them. So you got to like the guys yeah, in Haku. See- they, they did good, and then the guys in Australia, they did good. The guys in Italy, they do good. It's like all over. The, these people are over there trying their best. Although it's going to be interesting to see how the Miami Grand Prix goes, because it's the inaugural running. Yeah, I will say I am interested. In so that. I just saw like the VR thing for it. I guess I just didn't even care. I just was like looking at the track layout instead of like what they're actually doing to it. They're putting like I a will say I like fake the pond in there. They're putting a fake pond in the middle of the track. With yachts. With yachts. And it's in I saw the, it's in the parking I, lot of Hard Rocks. I saw I saw that and I said, I'm sorry, what? How do I get on Why? the yachts though? <laughs> I mean, yes. Like, a stupid but, idea, but, like, how do I get on there? But it's, like, what's the, like, I get the whole, like, yeah, it's nice and, like, makes you feel like you got money and trying, stuff. But, like, what's the point of it like if it Jetta. can't go anywhere? They're trying to be, like, Jeddah or Abu Dhabi. And it's, like, okay. You know, you can do that. But let's, you're Miami. Like, just park the boats in the canal by the stadium. I'm sure it'll be the same, same effect. Because the let's be honest, they're going to be by a, a football stadium that's absolute crap. The team that plays there is absolute crap. Kaylee, just because the team's crap doesn't mean the stadium's crap. Well, no, it's a nicer stadium than most, but like it's not the best. It's not the best out of all of them. Very true. Very like true. if they if they should be racing anywhere in Florida like the Tampa Bay Rays have a nice stadium they have like an actual fish tank in the stadium like at least or do even, that they've got or even they could have gone too. Orlando Orlando has so crazy. much stuff they have Although the ESPN wide world of sports they, they have, have Disney they might have too much though Vegas <laughs> like, well Vegas, Vegas is has a lot going on <laughs> Vegas is different every like I get where they're coming from for Miami, but let's be honest. Do we need a street race in the U.S.? Not really, but if it was going to be one, Vegas would have been it. I didn't need Miami. Yeah. No one really asked for say, Miami. No, Lewis Hamilton asked for Miami. But, I saw this I've video. I saw this video the other day. They were asking the drivers, what... Um, I, I it was like a pass thing. They asked oh, the drivers, yeah, like "What would you want?" Formula One. Well, it was like, "What would you want to see in the upcoming years of Formula One?" Danny Rick said a Vegas race. Hamilton said uh, a Miami race. I can't remember who the third one is. I want. I can't remember who it was, but they said they wanted equal spending for all teams or equal engines for all teams. Oh, that was so basically, uh, Alonzo, I think. Oh, it, it, it very possibly could have been. And then, of course, right away, Hamilton goes, eh, I don't know about that one. But, like, the, Hamilton the asked for, for the Miami, Miami race. Though, the thing for Miami, I've never been. I've heard it's kind of a wild city. Yeah, I've also never but, been to. I don't know. Do I want to go? Not really. Because I think what people fail to realize is, like, Florida's a nice state to visit. If you are in the middle of winter, it's a great place to visit. And if you're from up north where it does get cold and you go down there and like 65 degrees to 70 is like nice for you. Like that's the time to go. May is when it's hot and humid. And it's not like a pleasant experience. It's like kind of bad. It's like sticky and horrible because I have been to Florida in the summer and it's not fun. Because it rains almost every freaking day, it's, which I will say that means we're most likely going to have at least one wet race this year. Yeah, but, but it doesn't rain during the day in Florida. It rains like yes, it early does. morning, late afternoon, like super late, like into the yeah, evening. You get a little four to five o'clock shower 
it doesn't rain the entire day. It just rains for about an hour. Then you're then you're good. I think that if we do have a wet race, it's gonna be in either France or Hungary or Spa, or maybe Imola. Last year, Imola was a wet race. We're, we're always bound to have one. I would like to it see will be interesting in the wet, but it will be interesting to see if there's a significant change in humidity in Florida versus some of the other races because how that would affect the cars that is that would be interesting to watch I think it's I don't think it's going to be as bad as when they race in the Middle East or like in Singapore but I think it might be similar I think it might be more similar than people realize yeah because like which, Florida, Florida's a vacation location. Like it's a spot where you go to on vacation, but yeah. really only in the winter or when yeah. it's summer vacation and your family decides to go to Disney World or Orlando Universal Studios. And like, then you're out there sweating with your clothes like, sticking to you. <laughs> elbow to elbow with everyone else who's doing the same thing. So plus I saw some of those like, tickets where like you're it's standing room only like you don't get anything else it's just the ticket it's just to get in and I don't even know if it was like for all three days or like if it was just one day but these tickets for the Miami Grand Prix were going for like two thousand dollars my ticket that's insane my ticket for the U.S. Grand Prix with the Haas team package and everything like that was like half that price and I yeah. I would not be paying $2,000 to go stand. For standing room only? For yeah, standing no. room only. Like, I would not do that. If like, I'm going to be paying $2,000, I want to be in some some team's hospitality suite or like, whatever. Being able like, to, meet I need to meet drivers. Or the drivers. Carlos Sainz has to be on that list. Have to meet him. But it's like some of these, some of these stuff. Like, I'm... I'm actually shocked at the amount of people that I don't know how much the Australian Grand Prix tickets were, but like I'm in a Facebook group and some people were trying to sell theirs because they just couldn't go, which I felt really bad for. But I was like, I'm not, I I would love to go, but it's going to cost me a thousand dollars just to get there. Yeah. So it's like, actually it's more than a thousand dollars to fly to Australia from here. So I was like, I would love to do it, it. but it's going to cost me more to fly there it's gonna cost me like three times more to fly there than it would be to actually get the tickets so i was like bad idea wrong idea and then then also like you'd be going to another country who is still pretty strict with all the covid regulations and and everything i I didn't even look to see if you like had to wait or quarantine or like get a bunch of covid tests before or after like i didn't even look at that but for some of these places to go visit, like, I feel like in Europe, it's a little bit easier to get from country to country. But yeah. like, I, I'm not going to follow Formula One around the world just yet. Because one, I don't have the funds for it. And two, like, it's just, I would like it to be like completely open where I don't have to do all the extra hurdles and everything like that. But yeah. maybe in like 15 years actually no maybe in like 10 years maybe when I start working for F1 I'll just carry along in your dreams no um I think honestly I think the first three races have been pretty good but I love it I think there's been so much more like actual racing you haven't had like your first like extremely boring race this is true there but are I don't you're good for at least one to two a season where it's like you but you're like why am I watching this right now I could be doing something so much better is that actually going to happen this year with the new regulations well, I they were talking to somebody from Formula One and they were like yeah our plans for 2026 I'm like what the hell is happening in 2026 <laughs> we just changed everything for 2022 I was like <laughs> And they're like, the races are going to be even closer. I'm like, are we trying to make Latifi world champion? Is that the goal here? Where you can like Kaylee. win from being in last? 
The closer the cars are, though, the closer the cars are, the better chance Latifi has of crashing. Well, I think what they're going for is, like, they want to have, like, at least 10 of the the drivers open to win, like, available to, like, that when that last race comes, like, 10 of the drivers are still available to, like, possibly get that championship. Right. Which I've got no problem with that. It's just, like... Why do we got to make all these changes after we just made Sh- a bunch of changes? But then you have Charles who is coming in. And uh, if the rest of the season goes the same as these it's first three time. races, it's, it's not going to be a fight. Like, right. But it's not even going to be a fight, even with all these new changes. Last year, at the end of last year, after Charles season went, I was like, why does Ferrari have him? I remember saying this. Too. I was like, why does Ferrari have him? They just signed him because like he really wanted to be a Ferrari driver. I was really hating on him. But after this season, I'm like, oh, shit, maybe. Keely, why would you ever hate? Why would you ever hate on C squared? Well, my big thing was like, Carlos is better than him because look at the amount of podiums that Carlos got compared to Charles last year. And I was like, is Charles even a good driver? Like I did not see the Charles Leclerc that like was portrayed in 2019 in drive to survive. Like yes. I did not see that Charles. Like I, I yes. get a lot of people like him because he's good looking. I get it. He is good looking, but I was like, I get he's a good driver, but like, where, where is Charles? I was like, 2021, where was Charles? It's like, where's Waldo, but with him. And yeah. And I think, now I I'm think seeing the, it. I think now the I'm biggest like, okay. thing too, is that like, obviously every year the car is different. And obviously yeah. there were a lot more regulations this year that changed. Well, and think- so for the drivers to be able to accommodate to those cars, I think, all these other drivers are struggling and Charles figured it out. I Whereas think that puts all these other drivers, like that puts Carlos in a tough spot because now he's on the spot to make those changes to where he can get up to Charles level. And I think that's what went wrong this race for him was because he had a horrible qualifying that he had a horrible start. And so he just yeah. wanted to make those moves so quick and he just he went he went a little too hard and he I was think, out on lap two. <laughs> I think what needs to happen, uh, especially after this race with Carlos, I think yes, it's great, it's ambitious for him to want to get the World Drivers Championship. But I think honestly, after the first three races, I would be concerned if I was like Charles. Is, so the most interesting interesting thing about the Grand Slam is like. Every driver who's gotten a Grand Slam has gone, has gone on, on to win, to win the season. World Championship that season. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, one, Charles was untouchable that whole race. Oh, yeah, two, 100%. Two, I think if Carlos really wants to win the Drivers' Championship, he needs to just sit on it for just like one or two more seasons. Like this yeah. season, he I needs agree. to be the team player because if Ferrari develops a good enough car next year as well, yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't try and get him a world championship. Well, because if 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 Ferrari wins this year, that's more money coming in. They already get so paid they, like 90 mil a year, though, on top of what they get. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, like, that gives them the opportunity to really – continue developing that car and obviously whatever wins whatever works this year they're going to carry over it a little bit so I can't imagine the Ferrari car next year would be completely different that obviously they're going to be making changes because they obviously want to always make it better and stuff yeah but I, think, I just I think I think the next year would be, would be his year I think the problem with next year is going to be the other teams figuring out where they went wrong this year I think that's but, going to be Ferrari's biggest thing. But if they start development early enough, like they don't have to develop this car any Oh, further. yeah. No. Like, the only, I would say the only thing that would should concern them is if one the of the big thing. I think that, that's the only thing. And if Mercedes, Red Bull, or McLaren fix their problems. 
Like if Mercedes Even actually if does do. get their car faster, if McLaren can get their car fast and consistent, if Red Bull can actually get their engines to last the full race, but I see, think even, they should all be concerned. Even but I don't think it's going to happen within the first ten races. I don't think so either. My and by that time, I think Charles I think will be late. so. I I was going to say I think Charles will be so much further ahead because it has not been a consistent podium. Apart from Charles, he he is, is the, the only, only driver that, that currently have three. Correct. And to be fair, so, if Alonso hadn't crashed in qualifying, Carlos probably would have been starting first or second row. Without yes, a doubt, I agree. I and agree. Then he would have finished Which, the race because he wouldn't have fought Charles. Exactly. He would have just sat there. Exactly. From the Red Bulls. And then when Max just ducked back, he would have been like, all right, suckers, I'm here. The Spaniard (laughs) is back. Yeah. So I think we have a week before Imola. We have two weeks before Imola. Is it really two weeks? Yeah, it's two weeks. Right. It's it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Yeah. This weekend's Easter. I don't know if it's Easter in all the other countries, but it's Easter in the U.S. That's how cultured I am. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know like what what countries celebrate yeah. Easter. So he just needs to take these two weeks, really calm down, kind of take a step back and be like, that the good is thing not- is it's in Italy. Oh yeah. So he can just if he's got a home in Italy, just go there for two weeks. Just reach sure he has one in Monaco. I think he does have one in Monaco. Name a Formula One driver that doesn't have one in Monaco. Like, come on. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Kimmy's got one in Monaco. Like he's retired. Yeah. Well, yeah, so he just needs to kind of take a step back. I think they really relax. I think a lot of the drivers just need to just take a step back. Just be grateful for the race that they had and then just focus on the next one. Or they need to be like, what happened last race? I need to figure that out can we also take a moment lando was still kind of negative in his post-race interview you want to know why because i think at the end of last year he thought that he would be fighting with you know for first and let's be honest after russia last year it was a problem okay he's got some negativity he's got some negativity problems i think but he's he's spoken out about mental health a lot. And we obviously know that his mental health is he talks about it more and it, it obviously I yeah. think to affect him a little bit more than most drivers. So for him to like constantly talk about it, it's like, okay, he needs he needs people to start telling him like, all right, Lando, like, yes, this is a problem, but let's look on the bright side. Like if I were, yeah. if I worked for McLaren and they like sat me next to Lando, like that could legit be my job. Like just Lando, <laughs> I get it. You didn't finish first. You didn't finish on the podium, but McLaren just got double points, double points, man. Be happy. Yeah. Be happy. Yeah. Like, although I'm excited for Monza, man, you know, Monza, the past couple of races, it's just been, it's been amazing. Dubbed. I've done the past three seasons. You've had 2019, Charles Leclerc, 2020, Pierre Gasly, 2021, Daniel Ricciardo. I've dubbed Monza. Any race that happens there is the miracle at Monza. Like that's the weekend. Miracle. And it's just a free for all. So I think my favorite thing is like, is like the past couple of years, it has not been the either one of the people who have been like in line for the championship and fighting for the championship i think that's what makes it so exciting which honestly australia was pretty exciting so i'm going to be excited to know what happens at imola because imola is a great circuit and of course we'll talk about that in the next not next week because we've got a week off for the podcast but the week after that we'll uh we'll talk about We'll get more in depth about Imola and maybe there'll be some big Formula One news, but I think a lot of that's, you know, maybe it's going to be a quiet week. Maybe it's going to be a big week. They should signed his contract by then. I believe there was something between Mick and Sonoda. 
that the FIA was supposed to yes. look at. I don't know if they came out with that yet, but we'll definitely, I'll deep dive into they that. Were also, they were also looking at K-Mag and Botas when Kevin kind of pushed him off, which they should waive that because they waived Stroll and Botas. I don't know. That's the FIA. That's the only answer. It's the FIA. So we'll uh, we'll join you in two weeks with this lovely content. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at F1 Off The Grid or follow us on Spotify at F1 Off The Grid Podcast, I think. Um, TikTok is at F1. Like, one sec. What is the TikTok account? I don't even know. What am I? It's at F1 underscore off the grid. That's our TikTok account. Um, I'm about to start creating a list of things for you. And then email it to me to read off. That it's prepared. Yes. (laughs) You know, we're one of these days, we're going to get the podcast right. One of these days. Um, And then, of course, you got F1 off the grid um, dot com or dot net. One of those is done to work. Dot net. All right. Um, you can email us any questions or suggestions on how we can make the podcast better um, at f1 off the grid racing at gmail.com so there you go those are the ways you can contact us join us in a couple of weeks for our discussion on emila